Hello, everyone, and welcome to a all-new Bulls in the Ring. As always, I'm here with a cigar. Joe is actually away. He's with uh, his wife and hashtag Joan at the Jersey Shore. But I won't be doing a solo show tonight. Nope, we have an exciting interview with Ron Kuchler. He is the owner, CEO of Candy's Magazine. Welcome there, Ron. How are you? Good. How are you doing tonight? Very good. Very good. I, no, let, me just first say it's, let me just first say it's, it's Candy Magazine, and that's with a K. Yes. Very important that you know we mention that K. <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll get into the whole magazine thing. But one thing that, that kind of got me a little nervous today, we, we've, been, we've been planning this interview for a few weeks, and with my job, it's been a little chaotic. And last week, with all the overtime that I've been working, I had a little bit of trouble getting on. And we decided to hold it off till this week. Not much has changed because I'm actually going in for a, a, an overnight shift tonight, actually. But you had a, a little bit of a scare this, this, or last night, this morning. I, I saw it on your uh, social media. Yeah, actually, it's been an ongoing issue. Um, about a week ago, I ordered a, a burger through a delivery service, and uh, in the process of eating the burger, um, something something in the burger decided to attack me and basically uh, scaled off a piece of my mouth. Oof. Uh, and so I went to the I went to urgent care, and they took a look at it, and they were clueless about it. <laughs> And so I let it, so I let it go, and, and and then yesterday it got bad. The pain was horrible. So I went back to another urgent care, and they took a look at it. And basically, what they said to me is that it's it's as if somebody took a meat slicer inside your mouth and took off a thin slice of, of that portion of your mouth. Ugh, that it just, it, just the pain of that thinking about it. Any type of like, just that you think like a chunk out of you. You're like, you know what? I can get a big scar to look cool but those thin slice ones they just always seem to hurt the worst yeah so. imagine 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 a paper slice oh. 24 24 7 oh it, that's what it's been, it's been like like for a week so so i'm finally on some pain kills and antibiotics so i might be a little in and out but uh we're all good we're all good 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 like i said we're glad to have you here unfortunately joe isn't with us tonight but we're gonna we're gonna trudge through here I guess the you know as we most we, we mostly start all of our uh, interviews. Why don't you tell us a little about uh, about yourself so that we can kind of see where you're you know who you are and where you're from, and just like you, you're you're a New York guy like us. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a native New Yorker. Gone been gone a long time, but I was born and raised in uh, Sunnyside, Queens, which um, unfortunately I hear these days is represented by AOC. Oh God, uh, not not a fan. Um, but born <laughs> and raised there, went to PS one fifty. Um, I don't know. I mean, you're upstate New York, right? Yeah, we're about an hour away. Yeah, so grow, grow, just to let you know, grow up in New York City in the '70s. This is what it was. This is what it was like as far as it comes to sports. I'm a big sports guy, so I mean, we played it all. We played baseball, football, basketball, hockey, but it was roller hockey, right? So uh, you know, we played baseball, but it was on asphalt. But we had you know, hardball on asphalt. So you, you're sliding on asphalt as a kid. <laughs> Okay. And we play tackle football, but there's no parks. So you go down to the local uh, rec park where they have the swings with the rubber mats. You take the swings, you wrap them around the, the poles, and you play tackle football on the rubber mats. <laughs> so that's what it's like playing sports in New York City in the 70s growing up as a kid, you know. So that was great. I mean, I loved it. It was, it was, it was uh, a phenomenal year. But when I was a teenager, we moved out of the city because late 70s, New York City, a little bit crazy. You've probably seen the the, the the riots videos and stuff from back then. 
So we moved up to Westchester, <clears throat> and I'm telling you, I can't get away from this AOC chick, man, because I went to Somers <laughs> High School. I went to Somers High School, and she didn't go to Somers High School, but she's from Yorktown Heights, which is the next town over from Somers. Oh, yeah. Yep, I know you right know, where it is. <laughs> you know exactly where it is. So it's like she's following me around. I just hope she doesn't wind up here in Southern California next to be my worst nightmare. <laughs> oh. So anyway, so yeah, I went to high school in, uh, in Somers, and, um, and then I graduated and went off to college in Denver and had four amazing years. You know, College in the 80s was unbelievable. Now you say you're a big sports fan. Mets or Yankees? Mets. There we go. Put a caveat. Oh, okay. Put a caveat. <laughs> okay. So growing up in Sunnyside, my dad he had a lot of jobs. One of the jobs he had, he was an usher at Shea. So that was pretty cool. So and he was also an usher at MSG. So you know for the Rangers and, and Knicks. So I'm a Rangers Knicks guy. But I really stopped following basketball after Jordan left the sport. So I really haven't you know been following the sports since then you know i just thought jordan um magic bird McHale, ewing pippen that was that 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 was the heyday of the sport you know, oh absolutely today's day forget that i just don't get it they carry the ball they they run with the ball i mean that's not basketball you know palming i just i just look at it it's just a different game altogether but uh yeah so uh, i'm a mets guy i'm a jets guy and uh, Rangers and uh, Knicks, but I just don't follow basketball anymore. So, but my number one sport is hockey. I'm a huge Rangers guy, huge, huge, huge. See, whenever I, I don't don't get mad, don't don't hang up. But um, Joe, who's not here, my partner, yeah. he's a Devils fan, and I'm a diehard Islanders fan. So, okay, so you're upstate New York. <laughs> is he from Jersey? No, no, he. Uh... Then how are you a Devils fan if you're not from Jersey? Well, you know, they needed six fans, so he's one of the six. <laughs> I mean, it's just that. reminds me of the Seinfeld episode when they go to a Devils game and he makes them get rid of face paint and stuff mm. like that. So they had the six guys or five guys, whatever it was, in face paint. That cracks me up. Yeah, two of our two of our really good friends actually have devil tattoos, and I just I just shake my head. No way. Yeah, but one of them is, brother, one of them I will admit is a. My brother's an Islanders fan, so you know. I mean, you. I mean, you had a great team. You had Bossy, Trottier, Chico Resch, and. Uh, Al Arbor was a coach, I think, back then. So, yeah, a nice run. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, what? for as many years of uh, terribleness we had, we're, we're slowly bringing the, the, the curve back. You know, the the guy we will not speak his name of, he, he did us dirty, but we're, we're coming back. We're coming back. Tavares? We don't speak that name. <laughs> Why? Oh. He left? You got a great coach. You hired a great coach. I mean, oh. he, I mean that was a great hire. Yeah. You know? I mean, I wasn't happy with the Rangers hire when they hired Quinn, but I'm, I'm warming up to the guy. I'm warming up to the guy. For being, you know, being a college-ranked coach his entire career, he's doing good for them. I, I, will, uh, I, won't, yeah. I won't deny that. Now, I don't know if you remember, but back then there was two college coaches coming out at the time. It was him and Monty, who went to Dallas, Jim mm-hmm. Montgomery. And he, I mean, he, he did phenomenal job his first year. He took them all the way to the semifinals or the finals of the conference, I think, if I remember right. And uh, unfortunately, he got to show the boot earlier this year. But he's from the University of Denver, where he won several championships, which is where I went to college. So okay. Uh, so that so, I, but I was a big fan of him. I was hoping he was going to choose the, the Rangers. I think it was just too big a city for him, to be honest with you. And that's why he went to Dallas a little bit easier, not as much pressure. So. Oh, absolutely. Now so you're, a Mets, you're a Mets fan too, then. Oh yeah, Gary Carter, greatest catcher of all time. Yeah, he was a phenomenal catcher. So what do you think this year? 
I just hope they get back on the field. I mean, there's right now there. I'm hearing bits and pieces. I've been I've been working like crazy, and a few of the guys that I'm in a fantasy uh, baseball league said that you know it's supposedly it's starting up, and but they're bringing all the politics into it. You know, what do we do with our keepers? What do we do with our minor league players? So I haven't I haven't gotten onto that yet. I am a I am a big NASCAR guy, and all the the controversy that's going on with that now. So. And they're actually at Pocono, which would be essentially our home track. So they're they're right, right. there. So I'm I'm kind of worried about that right now. I haven't I haven't flipped over the, uh, you know, the sports news to that yet. But once I yeah, once that so happens, the, we'll get into it. Well, once they get on the field, I mean, you look at the rosters. I mean, do you think it's a they're going to compete? I mean, I mean, if you if you were to ask me today, and I'll just share my knowledge or my information, um, unsolicited. Uh, I, I like I like the Tampa team. Um, AL, uh, and I like Girardi's team. I like I like Philly. Uh, I like the pitching on those teams, starting pitching to be be exact. Um, oh yeah, I mean in a stout teams. Like, yeah, in a short season. I mean in a short it's a short season. In a long season, different predictions, but in a short season, I like those two teams. So um, I just don't think the Mets have the pitching this year. No. It, it, you know, uh, for a lot of the problems that they had with Wheeler and all the stuff that they had, getting rid of him did not help. And yeah. you know, Thor's great, but he yeah. like he's on the DL. You know, he's, he's got to stop bulking up. Like that's his well, problem. He's not, he's, not pitching, he's not pitching this year. Yeah. He's on the DL. Yeah. He so the Tommy John surgery, you know, so he's done. Yeah. I mean, he's done this year, so you don't. You're going with Stroman. You got Degrom, and you got uh, Mats. And you got those guys that they brought in. Waka, yeah. Maka, Waka, whatever. Yeah, name. Michael Waka. And then some other guy, another floater. So, um, Rick something or another, I think his name is. Uh, Porch- so. Porcello. Oh, Porcello, yeah. Yeah. You know? So, I, still, I mean, even though I'm on the West Coast, I mean, I still follow them, you know? You talk when you talk, you talk a year off. I mean, I, I just, I mean, I just, I know everything that's going on with that team. And, uh, but, uh, I love talking sports, but, um, you know, if, if you want, you know, now I'm not a big NASCAR guy. You know, I think you saw from my post. I'm a big drag racing guy. Yes. We used, to sponsor, we used to sponsor a drag racer back in the day, so those were some fun times. Um, so I follow that more than I follow NASCAR. So. And I did see that you know on on the, your social media that there was a there was a picture of you when you played uh, hockey in high school or was it like intramurals? What what was with that picture? Yeah, that was college intramurals. Now that's that's a funny. I have no recollection actually of that. Um, so that was the playoffs, <clears throat> and um, and and I was more of a defensive player, so I was always put on the the team's best player just to mirror him, follow him around the ice, and so that's basically what I did. It's like I don't know the you know like when it comes to basketball, you always put the best defender on the best offensive player. So I always followed this guy was the best player in the league, so I just follow him around the rink. He's like, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone. So hey, my job's just to follow you. You know, I'm your coach. Your <laughs> You know, so finally, what happens? There was a loose puck in the corner, so I go in the corner to get the puck, and he's crossed the other side of the ice, and he just gets a head steam going, and he doesn't bother stopping. He just comes into the glass full steam, flying off his feet with an elbow, and bashes my head against the glass, knocks me out mm. for about a couple minutes. They finally pick me up, and and fortunately, there were some uh, college buddies there who took the photos, and, and so there's this photo of me walking off the ice, and I had a concussion. They're like, "Don't go to sleep, don't go to sleep." So, don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. I'm like, all right, don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. The guy got kicked out of the league. Really? You know? he was the best. I mean, and he, this was his. Uh, this is our junior year, so he was only, and he was only a sophomore, but he was banished completely for the rest of college. He couldn't play hockey. Oh. 
So what? We'll get you into your college years. What made you go from, you know, East Coast to essentially the West Coast? You know, to Denver. Totally different type of you know area. I guess you could say. You know, you're from, you know, New York City, the tough city, the you know, the mile high city. What what made that transaction? Was there was it a major in college? Was it just getting away? What what made you really want to go there? Well, long story short, I wanted to go to UCLA. Because I saw it on TV, you know, you see the, the, the Bruins, and you know, and then you see uh, they were the dominant basketball team at the time, and then you, and then you've got you know the, the football with USC and stuff like that. And my parents were like, USC is a private school; it's too much money. You need to go to public school, UCLA. The public school. I said, okay, like you're not going to California; it's not going to happen. Uh, it's like okay, uh, Denver, and they're like, okay, fine, no problem. And so that's basically, uh, I just wanted to, I wanted out. Uh, I was looking at New York schools. I was looking at SUNY schools, uh, Plattsburgh and Birmingham. Birmingham, I've been mean, gone so long. Binghamton, Albany, you know, um, a bunch of SUNY schools I was looking at. And uh, I just said, I do not want to stay close to home. I want to get away. And I uh, wound up choosing Denver. And I liked the Broncos. That was back in the days of the Orange Crush with Randy Gradishaw, Craig Morton, Floyd Little. You know, and I think Elway, yeah, Elway was the quarterback. That was the yeah. trade when the Colts sent him. So I was like, oh, Denver, they got football. It's, I, I, I like to ski. You know, and the mountains are there. So that, that'll be a good, that'll be a good place to go. So, now you, Denver. so you studied business there? I had three majors. I started out as a poli sci major because I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. So I didn't want to be a lawyer. Actually, my, my, my grandfather left me money to go to college. He was a doorman in New York City at one of the high-end uh, hotels, and he saved up enough money from his tips to, to put away money for me so I could go away to college. And he wanted me to be a lawyer, so my mother told me that. So I said, all right, I'll study poli-sci because so I could become a lawyer. After one or two semesters, I was like, I don't want to be a lawyer, so I changed my degree to business. Uh, and then and once, I was in, once I was in a business school, I decided to become an accountant, accounting major. Couldn't pass upper level accounting, so I wound up becoming a finance major. So I wound up graduating with a degree in finance. Where I'm at now in my life, with everything I've done, I should have stayed a poli side major because you know if you follow me on Twitter, I'm very active when it comes to politics, as far as expressing my point of views on things and stuff like that. And I have a strategic look at things, which comes from playing chess my whole life. So I probably should have stayed a poli side major if I had known the other job opportunities that were there in poli side, other than just being a lawyer. <clears throat> So you get out and you start, you know, going into you. You, you were a, um, for ITT Consumer Financial Corp, correct? That was the first one. You were. Yeah, I, I, I took a job with ITT right out. Uh, uh, that back then the job market was very hard when I graduated, so it was really hard to find work. So it took me about nine months, I think, after I graduated to get a job. I was a waiter for a while. They kept wanting to make me management. It's like, I do not want to work in a restaurant. I'm just doing this to pay rent. That's every, every, every month, they would offer me a job in management. It was the funniest thing. You have these professional waiters who are like, they want nothing they love more than being a, a manager. And they just looked at me because I was the worst waiter. I mean, the worst waiter. I would drop stuff. I would get orders <laughs> I would get orders wrong. And they would keep giving me elevated positions positions of authority i become a head waiter you know all these other guys they just shake their heads and like who are you banging because there's no way you're getting this high up and they would do you're so bad i go i know i'm terrible i don't think <laughs> <laughs> they want me to be a manager i don't know i'm not it's just not gonna be a manager 
Anyway, I eventually take a job with ITT, but that was that was the third or fourth job offer that I had because the previous job offers were not what I wanted to do. Like I kept getting job offers doing financial planning. That was the big thing back then, financial planning, financial planning. So I kept getting these job offers for financial planning. And it was like you get a draw and a trade commission. I'm like, I'm not going to do a job like that. I'd rather wait tables for, it was 3.35 an hour back then, I think. Um, and <clears throat> personal story, which very few people know, is when I graduated from Denver, I went back home for the summer, Somers. My dad was a, uh, one of the very first people to ever work for Laurel. I'm not sure if you're familiar with who they are. They were a big defense contractor. Now they're a satellite company. But uh, uh, anyway, he was been to, since the beginning. So he, but he was he had a GED degree. So he never could move high up in management. But they always said to him, when your kid graduates from college, let us know what we can do for him, and we'll do whatever we can. So when I graduated from college, he's like, do you want to work for my company? He said, Dad, I don't want to work with the same company as you. He's like, okay, that's fine. So he says, well, he doesn't want to work here. He's like, well, what, what about your son? Does he want to work on Wall Street? And my, and my dad's like, yeah, that'd be great. So he pulls some strings, and eventually, after a month, I get a phone call that from, I can't remember the name of the firm, saying, we're calling you to come in for an interview. We're not really sure why we're calling you, because we only hire Ivory League students with a 4.0 GPA or higher, and you're neither of those things, and I wasn't. <laughs> I was an average student, you know, was there for the experience more than anything else, and I went to the University of Denver, which is not an Ivy League school and stuff like that. But I had already made my mind up earlier that day that I just did not want to stay in New York any longer. I had it. After, after seeing what Denver was and coming back to New York City, I was like, you know what? This is no longer my place. I don't fit here anymore. So I turned them down. And, and went back to Colorado and waited tables and eventually got a job with ITT and they did that for uh, seven years before they sold the division and then decided to move to San Diego. So you, you go all the way to the West Coast. You, you got your uh, your mortgage broker at this point, correct? Uh, working for a company as a mortgage broker, exactly. Uh, and I get introduced to uh, a few people who are investment bankers and they have several companies that they're uh, invested in, and they asked me to come on board as a consultant, as a small business consultant um, with these companies because of my background with ITT, because uh, I was in a management program, and, uh, and one of those companies was a uh, <clears throat> a virtual tour company. I'm not sure if you're familiar with virtual tours or not. No. So you go online, you look at a real estate, you can do a 360-degree view of a home, or you can walk through a home, or you can go to a hotel and do a 360-degree look around the room type of stuff. You okay, so it? that that they have their own individual company that, I guess, like subcontracts that out to do that. That's not just the, I guess you could say, web designer. So that's something you did? So, yeah, that was actually, that was actually what companies, there was companies that did that. Oh, okay. So, and so I went to work for, I went as a consulting um to one of these companies and I sat there and they were charging $10,000 a house to get it done. And I said, have you thought about doing this on a mass level with real estate as far as homes that are being resold? They said, no, it's not enough money. It's too expensive. They won't pay the price. Well, I saw the idea and I started my own company doing it. And we were charging $99. We were offering the same product that they were charging $10,000 for for $99 to realtors. <laughs> so this is more so when the... I guess you could say the internet got a little bit more high tech. You know, this, no, this is this is nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine. Okay, okay. So you're still you're still you're, you're dominant. AOL is a dominant provider at the time. 
and you're still dealing with um, 56k dial-up, you know. And oh, okay. Some homes, some homes have Roadrunner and stuff like that, but that's that's what you're dealing with. And you're dealing with digital cameras that are square, and the film cards are 16 megabytes. Maybe you'll get a 64 megabyte film card. Think about that. A 64 megabyte, you know, compared. To, and so you're shooting a you're shooting a whole house on a 64 megabyte film card. I mean, come on, it's just like the quality is just ridiculous, it's low quality stuff like that. But that's what it was like back then, you know. And and we grew. So we started in San Diego, went to Southern California, um, got some VC money, and went national. We wound up having photographers in 250 markets around the country, <clears throat> selling no. everything showrooms and cars and houses and restaurants and hospitals and, and ballparks and everything so you it wasn't just you know small time you know residential real estate you were you were all in everything well real estate was the was the was the bread and butter mm-hmm. because there's homes are constantly being sold and turned over and stuff like that but from that people saw the product and they contacted us saying hey how can we do this for our business and of course you know, since real estate's a recurring business, you're getting multiple units from the same company or the same real estate agent, you give them a better price. But when you go to a company that's a one-off, like a ballpark or something like that, they're like, okay, this is what the price is. So the price is a lot more money for those type of companies compared to a, a, a realtor who's giving you recurring, recurring business and stuff like that. But yeah, we were, we were, we were all over the market. We were all over the country. We actually had a contract in, in your neck of the woods, but it was a little further north of your Erie, Pennsylvania. We had a real okay. estate up there. Hannah something is the name of the company. I can't remember the name. Either, but, um, but yeah, we were, and we were doing restaurants all through upstate New York. I think we actually were scheduled to do Cooperstown at one time, but that wound up getting canceled. So Okay, yeah, one of our friends is actually, he's right over in uh, Oneonta, so he's within a stone's throw of that. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially, I mean, Ivan bought a house, you know, we we renovated my mom's house, but the, the idea of having that 3D, you know, virtual um, you know, tour type thing when it comes to buying like sports tickets, to me, that is the greatest thing that you can see. Cause, oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Especially, you know, with the Islanders playing at the Barclays and all the shitty seats they have there, it's nice to know that I've I can heard. actually see the entire ice. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard about that. Yeah. It's a lot of obstructed views, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Thank God we're, we're getting out of there and we'll, we'll have our own home soon. So, and won't be far from where, you know, you, you were. <laughs> Are you going back to Uniondale or what? No, we're actually going to Belmont. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, so we'll have our own train That's hub. Exciting races past weekend. Do you watch the race this weekend? I with everything going on, I I totally normally the the you know the the big three races I always try to watch, and yeah. I just haven't seen any of the the horse races. I know that they said that the uh, the Kentucky the oh excuse me I think I ate a bug there uh, the Kentucky Derby is going to be with spectators. So I'm, and I think that's in September. Yeah, that's in September. You're you're more up the part than I didn't hear that. That's 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 interesting news. Mm-hmm. You know, to say to say the least. Um, with the spec, I'm going to go off target for a second because I saw today that the NHRA was resuming the season, but they announced today that the race in Seattle was canceled because of restrictions put on by Washington. So, which makes me wonder because if the NFL is going to resume playing football. And that race is in August, from what I remember. So if the NFL was resuming, and the Seattle Seahawks play spring, spring training games in August, are they not going to be allowed that either? You yeah, know? I, I know that they. I saw. I was g- grabbing pizza at work today. They said that the uh, Steelers Cowboys um, Hall of Fame game that was canceled mm-hmm. already. Really? Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, and I'm I'm a Steeler fan, so that kind of ticked me off. 
But I got, I got a good friend, he's a Steelers fan. Great, great franchise history, I'll mm -hmm. tell you that. You know that? Great franchise history. And I also saw that the Blue Jays might have problems playing games. Oh, really? Even they, up there? The Department of Health person said does not think it's wise to have games because people are coming and going from different cities because it's the NL East against the AL East or AL East against AL East. You have all these people coming in from different cities. It's not like they're all going to be playing. They're all within the city confines the whole time. So there's concerns about the Blue Jays not being able to play in Toronto. They might have to go over to Buffalo or something. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't get all this and it, the one thing I did see that that kind of made me happy. You, you're you were close. Um, they actually said that the army army is gonna. They always usually start their first game as a night game. They normally play always during uh, Saturday afternoon, like high noon every year. But their first game of the season is usually a Friday night game, and they said that it's gonna be under the lights at Mikey. I guess against Bucknell, which is up. Uh, I don't know if that's up PA. I think it is. Bucknell's over in PA, but they said that the right as of right now the game's on, so I'm happy to you know be able to go see some Army football. Well, it'll be interesting to see. You yeah, know, like you said, we just we just don't know. We just play it one day at a time or one week at a time, and it'll be great to see some sports. Oh, absolutely. I I just need it. It, it like you know not being a NASCAR fan. I it, they they were doing virtual races where you actually watch the the actual drivers drive on a computer I simulator. Heard about that. I was yeah. watching that. I needed. I needed something. I needed some sort of sport. So I was watching that. My wife's watching me, going, "You're watching people playing a video game." I'm like, "It's something." You didn't get into the, you didn't get into the Korean baseball league. <laughs> no, no. I saw there was a like on ESPN two. There was like arm wrestling and uh, well, well, yeah, they, they were doing any type of wacky sports that were out there, cornhole and everything. I'm like, I, I need. I need one of the the major sports i can't i can't get out into this wackiness maybe the farthest i could go is curling but so you were you were the president and founder of uh the virtual reality and then you move into a different i guess you could say genre where you were with um knockout magazine oh dark days of my life you bring them back <laughs> So, so there's a little transition there. So in between the Virtual Tour Company and, and Knockout, there was a company. One of the guys who started the Virtual Tour Company with me, but he wound up leaving before I ever got off the ground, was, was Bill. And Bill's involved with me now in Candy. But anyway, he started. He was uh, he's friends with Vince Neil of Motley Crue. Oh, my favorite and, band of all time. <laughs> is it really? Oh uh, yeah. Super nice guy. Anyway, so he's friends with Vince Neil of Motley Crue, and so. Uh, Vince, at the time, was married to Heidi Mark, playmate, playboy yes. playmate, right? Okay. And so anyway, she, you know, she, she she gets married to Vince and puts her whole career on the line and then decides she wants to start a career up again. And she knows Bill and says, Bill, will you be my manager? And Bill goes, well, I know nothing about this world. She's like, just, you have to just deal with all the jerks who call me and email me. I just give them your email address and you negotiate the deals. And that's all you got to do as my manager. He's like, well, I don't know, just just your work. He's like, well, I can get you a dozen playmates if you want. You know, you can deal with a dozen of us. He's like, well, what do I need to do? He's like, well, you need to film a company name, and then you need to probably put up a website. He's like, okay, I got a buddy who can help me with that. So he calls me up. <laughs> he's like, hey, you want to help 
helped me out with something. I go, what? He goes, oh, Heidi. I go, yeah, Heidi, yeah. She's like, oh, she's getting back into the business, and she needs me to rep her, and blah, 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 and I need to put a website together. You want to be my partner in it? And I go, okay, what's the company? He's like, I don't know. What's the company name? He goes, I don't know. So we go out to a local sushi place one night, and, we're, and it's, a, it's, it's a Thursday night, and we're looking around, and <clears throat> one of us, one of us, we're just, you know, what, what are we? This is, what, 15, 16, 17? 16, 17 years ago, <clears throat> and we're looking around, looking around, looking around, and, and one of us said, man, there's a lot of knockouts here, you know, commenting on the beautiful women, <clears throat> and the other one goes, yeah, there's just a lot of talent here, <clears throat> and we both go almost time and time, say, yeah, that's the company name, we'll call it Knockout Talent, and I was like, hey, that's a great name, too bad the website's probably taken, he goes, oh, we get home, go check on GoDaddy and see if it's available, I said, all right, I'll do that, we go online, knockouttalent.com's available, we book it. <clears throat> So we start the company called Knockout Talent, and so we start so we start representing models, but he's in the music business because of his relationship with Vince, and he also does motorsports marketing. So he takes rock bands and he puts them on drag on drag racing cars. Okay. And so so all of a sudden Knockout Talent is, is music models and motorsports. And so we do a lot of bunch of cross promoting. So we have the girls come out to the racetrack, and we have the the bands come out to the racetrack, and then we get the photos of like you know, you get Vince Steele taking photos with the drivers. You get photos of the models taking photos with the rock stars. So everybody's happy and stuff like that. So that's all going well and great and everything like that. And eventually, one of the race teams comes up to him and says, hey, we want to hire you to run our race team for us. And he goes, Ron, I'm out of here. I'm like, what do you mean I'm out of here? He goes, I got a job running a race team. I'm like, okay, whatever. He goes, but do whatever you want with this. So at this time, I see this technology that allows you to do a digital magazine online where you flip the pages using flash technology. Like, yeah. I want to start an online magazine. I have all these relationships. I got Bill for the content from the rock bands. I got Bill for the content from the drag racing, okay? I already had the relationships with the playmates and stuff like that. So I started a magazine called Knockout Online, and people can go online and, and look at a digital magazine. <clears throat> Another buddy sees it and says, hey, I want to invest in your business, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, wind up getting these investors. We wind up going to print. Um... We do some amazing stuff. Time Time Warner contacts us, Time Warner or Time or something like that, and says FHM is pulling out of the market. We're looking for a magazine to put in their place. Would, be, would you be interested in going in their place on the newsstands? This is 2007, I think. Yeah, 2007. And um, and it was like 350,000 copies a month or something like that. And long story short, we wound up not doing it because, because of just the amount of money it was going to take to do it. Just didn't make any sense. And so I wound up doing that for a couple of years, and I have a falling out with the investors who came in, and I and I just left. And then uh, eventually somebody contacts me, and actually one of the investors, who, who was a friend of mine, says, you know what, just walk away from the deal and start your own magazine. It's like, really? He's like, yeah. So started started with a magazine. So we wind up starting Candy. And it and pretty much started right afterwards, right? Like It was about a... No, about a year, year, a year. There's a year break, I would say. The last issue I published was with April Scott. I'm not sure if you know who she is. Um, she was in the Dukes of Hazard. She was a mm -hmm. brunette in, in, yep. in number two. She was one of the deal and no deal girls. I think she mm -hmm. was number ten, but I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, she, the very last issue I published was with her. We did a photo shoot up in uh, middle of February up in California, north of LA, and it's not what you think. 80 degrees and sunny, and it's like 35 degrees and cold at that time of the year here so so we're in this metal barn and she's we, we try to 
do a, a replica of a famous stuff cover where there's a model holding two black panthers. I don't know if you remember that cover. There's this model with two black panthers. Um, I can't remember her name. She's a very famous model. But anyway, so we decided we want to replicate that. So we take her. And we, um, um, that actually, it was two Dobermans. The model, the models were two Dobermans. So we replicated shit with April with two black panthers. Mm. It winds up, so like I said, we're, in this, we're outside, we're inside this metal building, there's no insulation, and we're on this uh, Steve Martin Wildlife uh, Preserve where they have panthers. And so she's there in this leather bikini, boots. She's chained to two panthers, and it took seven hours to get the shot huh. of the cover because you're dealing with wild animals and you're trying to get them to look at the camera and you don't want to Photoshop it and stuff like that. And you want to get them roaring. So actually, if you go online and you look up April Scott, photo shoot, Black Panthers, you'll see the photos that I'm talking about. Anyway, it took us seven hours to get that cover shoot. That wound up being the very last issue that I ever published of, of Knockout. And then about a year later, you know, um, I started Candy with some people. I'm and, actually looking at it right now. <laughs> There you go. That's it. That's it. That's it right there. So okay. It took us seven hours to get that shot. Oh. You know that? Now, are you on scene for all of these things, or? For a lot of the shoots, like that one I was on, that, on that one I was on, I was on set. Funny story from that, but I, I don't, press the time, I don't want to go into it, but the funny story on that one. Um, for a lot of photo shoots, I am. And so, because of my relationship <clears throat> from Knockout, and because of the relationship I had with the Knockout talent before Knockout, when I started Candy, I already had relationships. I already had relationships with photographers, models, makeup artists, stylists, you know, printing companies and things like that. So I already had a network built in. So it was very simple for me to call up people and say, hey, I'm starting a new company. Would you like to be in the magazine? Blah, blah, blah. So it wasn't very hard for me to get Candy up and off the ground. And so when we first started, we were doing a lot of the a lot of the shoots ourselves, and so if there was a shoot, I was there. For, if it was a cover shoot, I was there on location and stuff like that. So, but now, <clears throat> nowadays, you know, it's just like a content that comes in every day from around the globe, and so a lot of times we just take the content as long as it's not published and we republish it. So, <clears throat> Candy Magazine. We'll get into the 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 main gist of the uh, the interview here. Is essentially when I was in high school and college. FHM, Maxim, Stuff, all those magazines were the big thing, and Candy is in the same in the same light of that. Correct? It's a it's a men's magazine. It's a, it's a men's yeah, it's a men's interest magazine. We're in the same realm. Uh, our, our editorial focus is on you know beautiful women, classy, uh, sports, entertainment, you know music, video games, um, light lifestyle. You know, we'll bring up some uh, health and fitness. We'll bring up some fashion and style. Uh, we're not going to tell you how you should dress. Mm -hmm. We'll share with you ideas on what's popular. We're not going to tell you how, what you should eat or how you should work out, but we'll share with you recipes that are easy to make for yourself so you know what the, That's funny. We get reviews from people, and they're like, I love this magazine. It's got recipes. This is from guys, you know, <laughs> which is great because, you know, it, it, it's easy stuff to make. Um um, our car guy, he's pretty funny when he writes. Um, he's hysterical. But he's not sitting there trying to sell you the car. You know, he's sitting there trying to entertain you about the car, you know. Um, sports, I do most of the sports writing myself. Um, so, because I just love the sports. And um, that's about it, really. It's not, it's, it's not what I call 
it's not a busy magazine like those magazines were Maxim and mm-hmm. FHF. No, those are busy magazines. Like I got one right here. You know, I've got one with Brooke Burke from uh, 2004. You know, mm-hmm. and it's and it's just uh, it's I mean, it's a busy magazine. There's so much going on on the page. So to me, this is just too busy. And so I said, let's just make it simple. So like, here's the most recent issue we just printed, mm-hmm. spring issue, and it, it's it's. Uh, it's simple. It's it's words and girls, and it's just a very easy to fold layout. And people say it looks cheap, but I the way I look at it, it's not cheap. There's not the paper the same quality. It's just it's just a simple layout, easy to follow. Um, so that's that's what it is. But to, to answer your question, it's very much in that genre, but just a smaller version of those magazines. So. Okay, actually, we've interviewed a few people that you've actually had on the cover, uh, Irene Voronino and Nikki Lee. So we have a little bit of a connection there, and I probably from you know, talking to them on social media and following them. we That's how I gotten to see you and ask you to come on here. So those were two of the ones that, that kind of made this all possible. So I'll give them a shout out. Irena's great. Nikki's great. Irena uh, was actually the very first shoot we ever did. Hmm. The magazine. But we didn't publish it until issue eight or nine. Because uh, when we started out in 2011... Uh, we were going to be an app, but the company we had hired was behind schedule, so we wound up launching as a digital magazine. And I had said to said to them, "What's the app store's policy on sexuality?" <clears throat> and they said, "Well, you know, we're not really sure yet." So I said, "All right, well, let's get a foothold in the magazine within the app store first before we go ahead and." start putting in some more of the provocative photo shoots. Irina's was very provocative. Uh, we've done, I think I've done three or four shoots with her. And so in this one, she's just in a one-piece swimsuit, no, a two-piece swimsuit, and she's topless, but, you know, covering herself up. And I thought that might push the envelope too much, so we waited until we had three or four issues in the App Store before we went ahead and submitted that issue to get approved. By um, them, and it wound up being a top-selling issue that year, which wound up making her what we call our crush of the year. Which is, you know, Playboy has their playmate of mm-hmm. the year. But we had, we had, we don't have it anymore. But we had what we called our crush of the year, which was our spokesmodel. You know, was her job to represent us for the year. So Irina was the very first crush of the year, and we did a photo shoot for that, which really pushed the envelope. Uh, but to this day, that photo shoot from September 2013 is recognized by anybody who looks at candy from the models makeup photographers is our most ultimate photo shoot we've ever done everybody says i want to do a photo shoot like that i said that is such a hard photo shoot to pull off you have to be the right model you have to have the right photographer you have to have the right hair and makeup guy you know i said that that shoot is on that shoot is on its own so um and it stands alone by it's, it's very classy old school glamour hollywood but but she's not wearing very much. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's, she's covering herself up very well. Because we, there's no nudity. Let me just be that clear, guys. There's no nudity in Candy. <laughs> not going to see anything, okay? But the photos are classy. The girls are sexy. Nikki Lee was our five-year anniversary cover model. We did a whole red, white, and blue salute to the USO. Yes. Shoot with her. We went out to an air-based museum out here in, in Southern California, in Riverside. Shot her in a bunch of old-style airplanes. Shot her on an old, old, old base there. Great shoot. It was a phenomenal shoot. So I was on location for those shoots, you know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, both them, they were great to speak with. I mean, funny, especially, you know, very open, very outgoing. I mean, they definitely are great, uh, great ladies. And 
now that you you kind of said that, it made me think. And my father was an old school Playboy. Uh, you know, he had a uh, subscription from the original episode. You know, original uh, edition. And he was a member of the Playboy Club, actually over right across the border in Jersey from where I am in New York. They used to have a Playboy Club, so he was a member of that. And from what you're saying and how you were showing the uh, the magazine, it almost gives you that that Playboy look. It's not, as well, you said, busy. Well, that's what that's what we were going for. You know, I, I really wanted to be Playboy light, and I think we did in our first few years. We did a very good job. First of all, we launched with Playmates. Our very first cover was Tiffany Selby. She was a playmate. Second cover was Katie Loman. She was a playmate. Mm-hmm. Our fourth cover was Taylor James. She's a she's a playmate out of Canada. Fifth cover was DJ Colleen Chen, and she was the 50th anniversary playmate. Sixth yep. cover was uh, uh, Tiffany Taylor. She was a playmate. Um, and so, and then Irina was cover eight or nine. She was a playmate. So out of the first ten covers, you know, it was probably six or seven playmates. So what happens is models see playmates posing in the magazine, and they're like, I want to be part of that. Mm-hmm. So we had a very we had a very good launch strategy with the magazine. Um, one of the, one of the biggest names in that very first year was uh, Emily Sears. Yes, she was and on the cover what three times for you. She's been on the cover three times. The very first issue was, I think, issue eight. It was I can't remember. I always get her issue and, and Irina's issue backwards. One was eight, one was nine. But uh, I, Emily had um, had moved over from Australia, um, where she was a big model in Australia. Mm-hmm. Right? She was a writer for one of the magazines over there and, and whatnot. And she came to America and uh, was just you know getting getting familiar with America. And she came out to um, one of our parties. I think we were doing a, a, a toy drive. Um, at a club called The Colony in Hollywood, which isn't around anymore. And we met her at that time. I think we were communicating, she, you know, she and I, via email before the party, but I met her. <clears throat> and uh, so she came out, and uh, we eventually wound up doing the photo shoot. And we wound up publishing that issue in May 2012, um, which was right around the same time we did a promotional video for the magazine. And we wound up doing what we called Emily Sears Release Party slash Candy uh, video rap party and funny thing I did, I did not attend that I was actually out of town um, attending in a friend's daughter's graduation at the University of Arizona <clears throat> long story short a lot of people showed up at that event and the photos you know press shows up somebody sees those photos from the event they contact us directly saying we want to book Emily Sears blah 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 for XYZ I said well we're not going to give you her personal information but we'll give you her, her manager so they give her her manager, I give them the manager information. Anyway, book, Emily winds up booking a shoot with one of the bigger magazines, whether it's Esquire or GQ, I don't remember which one it was. And from there, her U.S. career just took off to the stratosphere. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you see her on everything. She's friends with another one of your uh, your cover models, Lindsay Palos. I, I've heard them on uh, you know their podcast together. So it seems like a lot of these, these models run in the same circles and... Fortunately for you, they all seem to come to you. <laughs> well, it's a networking thing, and, and like so, Emily Sears was the first one, and um, and you know, again, like she was still building her way when she first got published in Candy and, and and whatnot, and so you know, we helped her get going, and then she helped build us because of of the promotional work that she did, and uh, like you said, she's friends with Lindsay Palis, um, and so we published her in 2018. Lindsay's probably the only model that we published that was established uh, at the level that she's established at mm-hmm. already. 
where Emily was still starting out in America, didn't have a big following. Abigail Ratchford was uh, was in November 2014. She was at that time she only had 120,000 followers on Instagram and stuff like that. So we were fortunate when we were starting out. Social media was still finding its way, whether it was Instagram or any of these other sites. So a lot of these models were just trying to get as much publicity as we can, and we would we would gladly do whatever we can to help promote them. So uh, nowadays, you know, you know we get. You have models contact you with two million, five million, seven million followers, but it's really not about followers when it comes to candy. You know, yeah. It's about the quality. It's about the it's about that playmate quality or the girl next door quality as, is what we want. So, you know, I just don't I don't really care so much about the number of followers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it doesn't make a difference in our business model. And I tell people that, and they just say they don't understand why if they had eight million followers, they can't be on the cover of candy. Oh yeah, I mean, even a few that you were saying with playmates, Jessica Hall, Tiffany Toth, um, Brandy Roderick, Sierra Price. These are all you know, just amazingly beautiful women. I've attempted to get them all on here for a, for an interview with uh, no no such luck. I know Jessica Hall has her own uh, podcast now, but you have them in there. You're featuring them, and to me, it's always classy looking at the photos, everything along those lines. So it really is. For them, it, it seems like it's a win-win situation. Well, you just rattled off the big names: Brandy Roderick. I mean, I mean, she was a Playmate of the Year, Baywatch, Celebrity Apprentice, Hughes' I mean, girlfriend. <laughs> she's she's at the top. Yeah, you know, when it comes to when it comes to accomplishments, she's the nicest lady, the nicest lady. She's so sweet, so friendly. I mean, that was six years ago, over six years ago. That photo shoot. Jessica, nicest person. She's a great person. You know, she's done the magazine five times. Yeah, so. seem uh, you know, following her on Instagram, she's all about her kids. Loves golf. I mean, it just seems like, again, the girl next door. Yeah, I mean, the girls are nice. They're polite. That's what we want. We want, we want friendly people in in, in, in the magazine. You know, Tiffany. You know, Tiffany's another high caliber. Um, model, you know, another playmate. She's very selective on what she does and uh, very talented and very beautiful. You know, so Sierra Price. Uh, I mean, I was very, we were very fortunate to get her in a magazine. You know, I mean, that one we actually had to push a little hard to get. So, um, and she's, up, she's from your neck of the woods. She's up there in Maine, I think. Yeah, up in, <clears throat> yeah, she's up in the Northeast. Yeah, we just got lucky. She was coming through town and finally said yes to, to the shoot. Um, Another person who was in a magazine, her very last magazine shoot before she passed away was uh, Ashley Massaro. Yes. Yep. And w- me and me and Joe are big uh, wrestling fans. And I don't want to give a, a spoiler away, but we'll be doing something uh, with that. But yeah, she she was in there. And, you know, tragic passing. Very, very tragic. She was, she was so nice. She flew out from the East Coast to the beach house out here. And we put her up and we did a photo shoot with her. And her interview... What we recorded it is amazing, and we only published a third of the interview. But she talks about Survivor, what it was like on Survivor. She talks about what it was like in the ring. She talks about concussions. She talks about, I think, she broke her ankle, and they, went, they were going the wrong way, taking her to the hospital. And then when she got to the hospital, the, uh, the doctors there, which are uh, interns or whatever, were like having her sign pieces of paper, and she thought she's signing medical forms. She's All she's doing is signing autographs for people, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, I mean, it was, it was a very enlightening interview. It's an amazing interview. We only published a third of it. And then to find out that, you know, she passed away the way she did was just heartbreaking to me because she was so nice. And I didn't see any of the signs as far as her being 
depressed that she was so exactly and not to sound this way you know but probably i i would say maybe three or four days before her passing i actually had uh reached out to her to be on the show and okay you know uh you know people sometimes it takes a little bit of time you know maybe a week or two to get the message and all of a sudden i see right on you know the ticker on you know the tv saying that she passed i'm like oh geez you know it was three or four days i actually still have the uh the dm that i i I sent over and i'm like wow look at that i mean how how tragic is that that it was that close and then you know the the tragic event happened yeah that 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 honestly that hit me hard it it really did and i know her very well other than just meeting her that one time but i know but i did speak with her several times and uh and because actually we had communicated for a couple years trying to get her into the magazine um and uh, and then you know, finally we made, we made it happen and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah. But going back to Jessica Hall for a second, you know, her background. She used to be on Playboy Radio, mm-hmm. and so she had the Drive Time Happy Hour with her and Bob Guinea, who was the Bachelor of season three. Yes. Uh, so we actually Bob wound up becoming a writer for us, and you know he wound up doing several interviews. Jessica Hall interview for her feature. Bonnie Jo Laughlin, who was the only female scout in the history of the NBA. She was with the Lakers at the time. Um, and so we would used to go into Playboy Radio all the time with the models because they're playmates to begin with, you mm-hmm. know. So, but they would go in there and promote candy, you know. And so that was always a good thing. And Jessica's like, all right, who's on the cover this month? Let's have her come in. I'm like, you got it, Jessica. <laughs> no problem. So like the playmates, Playboy won't have a problem with that. I go, nope, they probably won't. And so in 2013, we became hotter in L.A. than Playboy in L.A., you know. And and so at that point, it was like, who's on the cover of Candy? Who's in Candy? Blah, blah, blah. And it was it had a lot to do with the fact is that we were leveraging their talent and we were leveraging their, their, their marketing, which was their radio. I don't mind saying this. I really, I really don't because it's the truth. And... What are you going to do? They don't have to do anything about it. So we just basically leveraged their talent and we leveraged their marketing to get the presence out there. Well, anyway, long story short, it comes December 11th, 2013, and we do this charity every year called Babes in Toyland, which we don't, we're not involved with anymore. I think that was the last year. And so we've got like, I don't know, 25, 30 playmates coming to the thing between our relationship and the promoter's relationship, plus another 75 to 100 models, okay? Um, I'm not attending because that's the day I'm burying my dad, but we still have this huge marking. My phone starts blowing up. I'm at the funeral for my uh, funeral for my dad, burying my dad, and it's playmates texting me saying, I just want to let you know I'm still coming tonight. I'm like, well, I'm not going to be there, but why are you calling, texting me to tell me you're coming? She's like, didn't you hear Playboy sent out a, a press release saying we, should, they should, we shouldn't support the competition, Candy? Huh. That's like, really? You're like, yeah, they, shouldn't, they should not. They don't want us going to support the competition. I said, it's for charity. They're not supporting me. You're supporting charity. She's like, yeah, we know that, but Playboy thinks we're supporting Candy, and they don't want to support you guys anymore. Huh. I was like, well, do whatever you want to do. It's like, oh, no, we'll be there. We'll be there. Well, let me put this, put it this way. We were never on Playboy Radio again. Really? Yeah. Oh. So that was their shot across the bow, you know? And uh, the very next issue that came out, I had Randy Rogers on the cover. <laughs> 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 and that did very, very well. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you can't go wrong if you're starting a magazine and you use Playmates um, to launch back then to, to launch the business, you know? 
Oh, yeah. You're going to find an audience. You're going to find an audience. No question about it. Yeah, with, actually with Babes in Toyland, you know, seeing it on social media and everything, our first ever interview with anyone was with uh, the first and only Miss Monster Energy, Candace Harbin, and she she does a lot with that. So we always see, you know, with following her and all, everyone else, we always see the, uh, you know, the they do it, it seems like multiple times a year for the charity. So we always yeah, see that it, posted up. Yeah, it started out as a single event for the holidays for bringing, you know, toys for tots, as you would call it, but it wasn't really toys for tots, but it was toys for, you know, children. And then he expanded it, uh, Steve expanded it to do stuff for, for uh, rescue animals and stuff like that, which yeah. is kind of good. And then he expanded it for the military. So he, I think he does it three times a year, uh, you know, for those different charities, which is great because the girls come out, all, all, these, all these guys pay a ridiculous amount of money for tickets and they bring you know, gifts for the charities and stuff like that. So it's a good, it's a good cause. It's a great cause, actually. Now, when you do most of your photo shoots, are they all in California-based, or do you go anywhere else, or is it where the models are? What What's kind of the, the parameters for you to set up a shoot? So when it's a candy, candy commission shoot, we're in Southern California, so the shoots are here in Southern California. We did one shoot a few years ago in Naples, because one of my partners is based there in Naples, so we wound up going back there and wound up doing a photo shoot in Naples. We did a photo shoot with Marissa Everhart for her Crush of the Year cover. Uh, we shot Mary Caitlin um, there. Um, and then we went over to Mike Prado, who's our uh, – Mike. actually, uh, Mike just got a promotion. He's our editor at large, which means Mike's now responsible for um, all the models that go in the magazine. He's the one that's going to be picking out the models that go on the cover and all that kind of stuff. So – uh, but Mike's a photographer, and uh, we went over to Miami, and we did a photo shoot there with Trishelle Thompson, who was Miss uh, Tropic Beauty. Um, so for the most part, when we do our own shoots during Southern California, we did that one time in, in Southern Florida. But like I said, a lot of photographers and models just get together around the world. They do a photo shoot, and they send it into us and see if we're interested in publishing it. So Mike's got a very good job then. Mike's a very happy man. <laughs> Mike's got a great job. <laughs> in front of a camera, he's in front of a camera all day in front of beautiful women. You can't go wrong with that. Oh, absolutely not. You know, it was like, oh, I want your job. I said, no, you want Mike's job. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> with everything, it seems like a lot of the models are there. And then you said that I know um, Marissa is from Florida. I always see right. her, you know, fishing and everything like that, which is great by me, you know, a woman who loves the outdoors. Do you try to keep it where it's local or have you been trying to submit out to other, you know, to other females saying, hey, submit your stuff, see what we have, see if we can work it out? If it's, say, someone from Minnesota, are you going to fly them in? How does, how does, like, a photo shoot get set up if so it's an out-of-towner? So that's a two-part question. Um, so the first part is the, we'll call it recruiting. Um, of models um, we'll do occasionally um, on the candy social media page candy magazine um, on Instagram we'll do a post saying submit today to candy to get uh, published and at which point we're just looking for uh, photos that, that are even shot that okay. we can just publish okay um, um, so that's that's the first part but a lot of the models are word of, are word of mouth like I said well, so when you start a magazine with playmates the other playmates hear about it and they contact you and say, hey, I want to get published. 
and then they get published, and their friends say, "Hey, I want to get published." Hey, I want to get published. So a lot of it's word of mouth. And as long as you're, as long as you're professional and courteous um, towards them, and um, then then you're okay. So when we started this, the most important thing was the reputation. You had to keep a good reputation, you know. And so it was very important to me that when it came to interacting with the models, that we were professional and courteous and and and, and whatnot. So we've always tried to maintain that. Um, through, through the times. Um, so people hear about that and they want to be associated with you. And, and, and so that was, that was a good thing. And, and when, you're the, when, you, when you're a new kid on the block or the hot flavor of the week or, or whatever, you know, everybody wants a piece of you. Everybody wants to be a part of you. And so that's what it was like when we first started Candy. Everybody wanted to be um, a part of it. So it wasn't hard finding models back then because um, everybody wanted to be a part of Candy. Um, now, like I said, you know, it's, it's global, so we get submissions from all around the world, and we just say, send them in. We're not going to fly you in to shoot you. We're just going to publish what you send us as long as they're not published. Oh, okay. So it's very, it's, it's very rare that we fly somebody in for, for a photo shoot. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I ever have done that. I think they've always come in through L.A., and I said, all right, if you're here, let's set up a photo shoot. Oh, okay. And I think that's that's how it's been done I, 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 maybe I've flown somebody in but I'm not 100 I think the only person we ever flew in uh, was Claudia Pajal I got a great story there great story with Claudia um, but uh, we'll get to that in a second sure. the only time is I, I flew her in um, for an event um, that we were having I think it was our 50th issue party and she was on the cover and so we flew her in with her husband um, for the party, the host to be one of the hosts of the party, and uh, that's the only time that I think I maybe want somebody else, but I, that's the only one I can remember. But going back to Claudia real quick, so in 2014, Jessica Hall was our crush of the year, which again is our spokesmodel, and Claudia was the runner-up. So when 2015 came along, Claudia wound up being the, the crush of the year and the spokesmodel. And at this point, she had relocated from LA back to Chicago. Um, where she was with, um, she was now engaged to her fans, fiance Dan, who owned the gym, um, and so one of my partners, Steve, was based there in Chicago, and Steve was friends with the, a producer over at the, the Loop, which is a big Chicago radio station, and okay. I, I guess Man Cow was based out of there. That's what I was going to say. Was that Man Cow was one? Yeah, so Man Cow was based out of there. So anyway, long story short, they arranged to have Claudia go in to the to the radio station in, on Mancow show to promote the upcoming issue with her on the cover as a crush of the year. And so, so she says, you know, it's like, I think it's like 7 a.m. in Chicago, which is 5 a.m. my time. So I'm sitting here back here on the West Coast listening to this because I picked it up on the internet. And um, so she goes out there and Dan, Dan's, Dan's a super nice guy. He's a muscle guy. He's, he's a bodybuilder, uh, fitness, uh, fitness competitor type guy, you know. Um, so he, go, he, he accompanies her and Steve accompanies her and so they're waiting in the green room the producer comes and gets them and says okay it's time for you to go on and so all the way up to the show Claudia's been flirting with Mancow on Twitter going back and forth saying I'm coming for you Mancow I'm coming for you Mancow right <laughs> and so she's like you know she's being playful and funny and he's being, he's being playful and all that kind of stuff back and forth so they get into the studio and, and she sits down and I, I remember this vividly because I'm like, this is, oh, this is not gonna, this is not sounding good. And he, I mean, this is, this is probably part of his stick, but it was just not, you know, it just was so un, un, 
un- unprepared for this. He's like, who are these guys? Because he sees Dan and he sees Steve also coming in because mm-hmm. the producer said it was okay for them to come in. So Dan, Dan was going to go in the corner and basically record it and, and Steve was just going to hang out there because Steve was going to make the announcement about Claudia being the crush of the year. And, um, and so he said, who are these guys? You know, what are they doing? And I said, I'm only supposed to, girl, who are these two guys with her? And Claudia's like, you know, be nice. And Steve's like, oh, I'm Steve with Candy Magazine. He's like, he's like oh, okay. Who's this muscle dude? And, and Claudia's like, be nice. That's, that's my fiance, Dan. And, uh, and he's, you know, he's just, you know, he's just going to be over there. And he would not let Dan go. He just kept poking at Dan, poking at Dan. He <laughs> was like, he forgot about Claudia and just kept going after Dan, Dan, Dan. And Dan's a nice guy. So Dan's just sitting there, I guess, just taking it, standing there, just taking it and whatnot. And finally gets back to Claudia after he didn't get a response out of Dan. So he finally gets up on Dan. He goes back to Claudia and he starts being rude to Claudia. Really? Yeah, and Claudia's like, hey, I came in here to talk about the magazine, to answer questions about you, I didn't, I didn't come in here to be, you know, you know, insulted and, and blah, 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 and so this is going back and forth for two or three minutes, it's really quick, and he, and he finally loses, he goes like, that's it, cut, get him out of here, and they go to commercial, he throws him out of the studio, they go, to the, they, go, they go back to the green room, producer comes back and apologizes, says, hey, I'm sorry, guys, about that, blah, blah, blah. Listen, they want to pick up the segment, but they just want Claudia to come back in. And Dan's like, that's not happening. You don't talk to my wife like that. You sure the hell don't talk to me like that. Yeah. We're done. We're out of here, right? So, so I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm, waiting. I'm, I'm sitting like, I said, okay, how long till my phone rings? <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> so anyway, they come back from commercial, and he's like, he's like, he goes like, he's like, hey guys, I'm sorry, but you know what? That was not at all what, what I was told was going to happen. Here's what they wanted me to read, and he, he reads like a part of it, and he goes, I don't know who this magazine is, I don't know who the hell they think they are, blah blah blah. So he just badmouths us. And about ten minutes later, my phone rings, and it's first it's Steve, and then another five minutes it's Dan because they're in separate cars and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, that went well, huh? <laughs> 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 so that's that's the man cow story you know that was uh that was something else i gotta tell you that was he didn't i did not expect that because every other time we've gone on the radio we would go on playboy radio and they're courteous and they're Mm -hmm. polite and promoting and you know it's all good and fun and and flirty and uh, this was like this is like what the hell is this this is not what we're used to when we go on the radio oh yeah you know you know so that's that's the claudia man cow story and uh I felt so bad for them, but, you know, it was just, he, he's not a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you. Well, not. no bad publicity is, uh, you know, there, but I'm sure it helped the magazine. <laughs> it helped a little bit. You know, it, it, it helped a little bit just getting the name out in the Chicago market, you know. So, you know, it's, you know, we do a good job online. I think I shared with you how well we're doing online mm-hmm. as far as the marketing we do online, so... So, when you do an interview or when you do a photo shoot, it's accompanied with an interview. Sometimes, if if it's it's a package if it's a package photo shoot, then it comes with an interview. Okay, and so like, said, so, so like if a model and photographer get together with a publicist, they'll do a photo shoot and they'll send me the photos and they'll send me the interview. Uh, but if we do the photo shoot, then we've got to do the inter- then we we'll do the interview ourselves. Okay, so it's not done it, like in one big day where. 
there's the no. photo shoot, then the interview right after, or anything like that? No, no, it's always a follow-up because, you know, you, you, you get the photos and then you go through the photos, like, what's the story I'm trying to tell here? What's going on in the model's life right now? What's, what's going on? What do I want to focus on? And because it could be anywhere from a month to 10 months before the photos are published. Okay. For example, in Irina's case, the, her very first issue, that was shot in, that was shot in 2010 um, when I was... Um, between magazines, and uh, we didn't publish it until 2012. It was almost two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she was like, hey, finally. I said, I told you I published them. I just had to find the right time to fill it in. So uh, it, it could take time to publish the photos. you know. And she had, the other thing is I always want to have a story. And so when we published those photos, Irina was in a movie called Piranha 3 D at the time. Yes. I've seen it. <laughs> okay, so you've seen it. So that was a good time for the photos to come out. So you always try to publish it with, with something coming out with the model, what's going on back then with, the, with what was going on with the model. You know, Nowadays, all these models, all they care about is Instagram and only fans and things like that. So you know, that's all about promoting, promoting their social media presence, which is great. You know, We don't mind doing that. But you don't get too many models anymore or celebrities who have a movie or a TV series coming out anymore. You know, you know everybody's a social, social influencer these days. So. I mean, I know you can't speak for them, but Playboy now not having any hard copies, you know, it was something that, you know, my father always enjoyed getting, you know, we would, you know, I, I got a stack of them. I, geez, I got probably, I don't know how many of his old ones, just, you know, keep his collector items, things like that. Do you think with you guys being digital and kind of paving the way on that, do you think that they kind of saw that and said, hey, you know what, this is maybe the way to go with technology now and you know, the cost of paper and ink and, you know, all that. Do you no. think you kind of led the way? No. No, when it comes to, when it comes to Playboy, Maxim, we're, we're a gnat on the wall. We're just a nuisance. We're, we're, we're nothing to them. Uh, I mean, they, those are established companies. You know, Playboy's been around 60-something years. I'm just coming up on 70 years, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Maxim has gone through several owners, and it's not what it once was, but it's still a very strong international men's brand. So, you know, we're just a, we're just a little kid on the block, you know, that that's uh, that's doing its thing. Playboy, uh, they really don't have they don't. First of all, we're more we're, we're mainly an app. You know, you get us in the app store, Apple App Store. Mm-hmm. That's that's our market. That's our market presence. That's where we've established dominance. And uh, they don't allow nudity. So that hurts Playboy mm-hmm. because they, they have nudity and Apple won't allow nudity uh, in that in that realm. They allow nudity if it's artful nudity, but they won't allow nudity if it's this type of nudity, I guess. Um, and um, you know that's you know so I don't think we really did anything that made them adjust their business model. I think Playboy made changes based on just their own analytics and their own internal data that said to them that hey. You know, print and our audience is separating. Okay. And it's just, it's just, let's just focus on the brand and building the brand and making money from the brand, licensing the brand, and not so much from that. But yeah, that's my that's my opinion from outside. But like I said, I can't speak for them. Yeah. But but I don't think Candy had any influence on anything that either one of those magazines did. Now you said that that you know Maxim's international. Did you have any plans to expand? you know, to Europe with anything, you know, Asia, any, any global, uh, aspirations? 
global aspirations from a print standpoint, um, we're always looking at different print markets. We are in 170 markets because of the App Store digitally, you know. So we do have, you know, we are downloaded in, in like I said, 170. I think it's 175 markets, uh, 175 countries. Wow. Internationally, so we all do have a global presence um, from a from a digital app standpoint, that type of deal. And you know, we are the number one app in China for magazines and newspapers. Yeah, I saw that for like four months in a row, correct? Well, for the last four months, we've been on the iPad. We've been the number one downloaded, number one ranked, number one ranked magazine and newspaper in China for the Apple App Store newspapers and magazines categories. So, you know, you're talking Chinese newspapers, Chinese magazines, you're talking Men's Health, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Bloomberg, Vogue, Cosmopolitan People, they're all distributed through the App Store into that market. Candy's number one in China on the, on the iPad. On the iPhone, we're top 10. I think, I think yesterday we were number four. Wow, and so I mean, the, definitely an accomplishment to have that type of presence, especially, you know, internationally. I mean, yeah, something to yeah, something to no, tip your hat at. No, yeah, we 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 figured out how to do ASO, which is app search optimization. You've probably heard of SEO, which is search engine optimization, which is how to get your web page showing up at the top of rankings when people search for certain keywords. Well, we figured out how that works with ASO, and that's why we've done for well internationally. We we do very well in the U.S. We're top twenty in the U.S. for the same category: newspapers and magazines. So. You know, we'll go anywhere. We float between 12 and 25, but you know, normally we're around 20. But, you know, yeah. So, you know, we're very proud of what we've accomplished from a marketing standpoint. Uh, and, yeah, which it's, and it's, you know, it's because we provide guys something they want. You know, that's all. You know, there's no, there's no politics in candy, which, trust me, is very hard for me to do. Yes. Okay, there's none. But you, if you pick up GQ or Esquire or Rolling Stone, or no, oh God, don't get know, me started with Rolling Stone. <laughs> there's so much. There's so much politics. In, yeah. Even Playboy. Even Playboy. There's so much politics in that magazine. And so, <clears throat> you just, you know, and so it's one of the reasons why I don't subscribe to those magazines anymore because I don't want to support their ideology. Oh yeah, it, it, it's totally political. Without, yeah, I'd rather do without. I would rather do without the information than to, to have my money go to them. That's that's where I am, you know. So with Candy, you know, even though I have a very hardcore political view, we work very, very hard to keep it out. It, it, it slides in once in a while in a paragraph or a sentence, but it's, it's not cutting, you know what I mean? It, um, so it's not the focus of the magazine. It's just, like I said, sports, beautiful women, with a, with a entertainment and a bunch of other things thrown in, it's light reading. You're not you're not going to become a rocket scientist from reading Candy Magazine. You know, it's just there to entertain you. Um, the, most of the photos are photos that you're not going to see anywhere else. They're exclusively published in Candy. Um, and especially when it comes to rock photo shoots, they won't show up anywhere else. You know, they might be shared on social media just for promotional standpoint, but. You're not gonna, you're not gonna find them anywhere else when we do our own photo shoots. Yeah, I mean, it, it's gotten to the point with you know, Rolling Stone and all, all these magazines, even just newspapers, that it's just, it's so slated and it's so obvious that it, it makes me sick. I just, I, I can't even get into it. It's just such vehement hate on one side, and then just admiration of stupidity on the other I, I yeah I, I agree i agree and that's again that's why i don't i don't uh, 
I don't read them. Yeah. I don't read them. Don't worry about that with candy. Pick up candy um, in the App Store. You also can get it in the Amazon App Store. You can also read it on your Kindle um, through Amazon, Kindle. Um, and we sell we sell print copies four to six times a year, which you can pick up on demand on Amazon as well. So, um, like I said, we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna knock you over. You're not gonna think we're you're gonna be a rocket scientist reading it, but it's fun, light reading, and uh, and um, informative. And I, I express my sports views inside there. So you either agree with me or you don't, you know. So, but it's fun. So now being down in in Southern California. Every San Jose game, you're 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 getting uh, Ranger tickets when it's there. No, San Jose is like going from New York to Columbus. Oh, it's that far. No, I go to Anaheim. I go to the, oh, okay, <laughs> which is the phone or I'll go over the, the downtown to the Staples Center to see the Kings type of deal stuff like that. But, oh, okay, yeah, so there you're. Yeah, I went to the Cups when they were at Rangers to play the Kings. Um, in the Cup, I went to that game. Um, I was actually last summer, I spent my summer in, in uh, Tennessee because I needed a break from this. So I spent the summer out there and I wound up staying into the fall and I wound up going to a Nashville Rangers game. Okay. Which, which was awesome. Nashville is amazing. Yeah. I know. I, one of my, uh, one of my coworkers, his daughter's down there. She's actually, uh, she's a singer songwriter down there and she was at, she used to play at like Tootsie's and all those, but you know, working there, she would bartend and sing. And she said, you know, when they would have a game, it was it was a, it was a great atmosphere. It was a great, you know, sports city for hockey, which you wouldn't think would be in Tennessee. It is. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's just it was an amazing. I mean, it was, it was Rangers won two to one, which made it great. <laughs> um, you know, which made me happy. But it's a great sports city, and the and the ta- and, and and the downtown is phenomenal. Uh, just one one bar after another with with live music. I mean, if, if, if you've not been to Nashville, add Nashville to your bucket list as far as a city to go see for a weekend. It's it's an incredible place to go visit. It really, really is. So that's my two cents on Nashville. I, I, I like Tennessee a lot. I really, really do. So, What are your thoughts on uh, King Henrik? Is he going to be around for a few more seasons or... No, I think this is his last season. I sure to heck hope that they let him play a game. I would hope that they let him start game one. Um, he's got a great record against Carolina, and I think he's two and zero or three and zero this year against them with a sub three you know goals against average this year. So, I honestly, I I think Quinn though is is biased against him, um, just from what I'm you know I just think Quinn has his own guys and he's just. I mean, we didn't even expect to make the playoffs this year. So, you know, what? that doesn't hurt to let Henry to have a, a, a going-away game. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we're, not, we're not expecting anything. Everybody's saying that they're a dark horse to win the Cup. But my point is, after this long layoff, you have no idea who's coming back, how good they're going to be, how the layoff's going to affect everybody. Um, it's a crapshoot. Oh, yeah. You, it, you really don't know. Yeah, I mean... If their legs are underneath them, I mean, just the conditioning alone, the play that long, that hard, getting hit, all that, it, yeah. it really is a crapshoot. And I think that this is going to, this is probably, even though I hated it when it left, that, you know, we, we had that cut through the midseason, I think this is going to be a great way to see hockey. It's going to be, I think, if everyone can be conditioned, it's going to be balls to the wall, and it, it's wide open. Anyone can pretty much go in there and do something. I agree. I mean, it, 
it's it's wide open, and, and I think that first round, you know, is what best out of five, right? Yeah, I believe it's so, five, and then seven, seven. And then seven, seven, seven. Yeah. So, but that first five, you know, so there could be some upsets there, and um, you know, the, I, people have the Rangers favored which, over Carolina, which is funny, I guess, because of just how we dominated them during the regular season. So we'll see. But I love the team. I love the makeup of the team. You got Fox. You got Lindgren. You, 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 they resigned Kreider up front. Bradman, the guy's phenomenal. I mean, God, what a what a that might be the best free act, agent acquisition in the history of man. Um, you know, Mika. I mean, the team is just the team's phenomenal. I just love this team. I really, I'm looking forward to next season a lot. And, and you have the young goalie Igor. You know, next year it's his team. You know. So. Oh yeah, and you yeah. you just look at the Metro. I mean, it is just it's a powerhouse division. Yeah, I mean, you have the Flyers. I'm surprised the Flyers are as well as they, they're doing as well as they are. Yeah, the Caps and the Penguins. I hate Crosby. I've got to hate Crosby. Mm-hmm. So um, and I don't, I'm not a fan of Ovechkin either. You know, so um, yeah. And then and, and Tampa, and Tampa. You know, I mean, over there, Lightning. So uh, this this is going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal playoffs, and that yeah, it's it's going to be fun to watch. I, I, the funny thing is, I, when I posted on my Facebook page. That there was going to be twenty. What is it? Twenty-two teams making it. Twenty. Yeah, it's it's in the twenties. I don't know the exact number. It might be yeah. twenty, twenty-two, twenty-four. No, it's twenty-two or twenty-four. I can't yeah. remember. But when I posted, when I posted that, somebody made a comment like, "Geez, what?" I think it's twenty-four because there's thirty teams. I mean, six teams didn't make it. So yeah. they're like, uh, they're like, you know, why not? Why even bother? I mean, why not just let the other six teams in? I go, like, if you're gonna have everybody make the playoffs, I go. You don't follow hockey, do you? Because if you followed hockey, you would know that every single team that's making that playoffs has a record over 500. It's not like the NBA mm-hmm. where you have a record of 15 and 40 and you're on the on the cusp of the eighth seed. Yeah. You know, hockey is balanced. You know, it's not. You don't have these super mega teams like you do in the NBA. You know, and you have teams that are 20 games under 500 making the playoffs. You know, so you know next time you talk about hockey, educate yourself first. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll defend hockey all day long to and, anybody. And not it's only that. Sport. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it, it, a lot of a lot of people, you know, and, and even being from you know New York, you would think you know it's it's a colder weather state. People yeah. don't realize how great hockey is, and it's like you just you know they're like I can't see the puck when I watch TV. I can't do this. It looks like it's so slow. I said you got to go to a game. You go to yeah. a game, it, it changes everything on it. Yep. I mean, yep. lightning fast. I mean, essentially, the fact that you can be on a razor blade and skating as fast as you can and then hit someone or take a slap shot in full motion, it, the greatest athletes. I, I absolutely love hockey. No, it's a phenomenal sport. And like you said, you don't get appreciation watching it on TV. No. It drives, me, it drives me nuts watching it on TV. I'm like, it's so much faster than this. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to a game, you can't even follow the It's so fast, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, they got to figure out ways. They got to figure out. You know what? I think it is. Is because when you watch the game, is they're shooting from a high up angle on TV, mm-hmm. and so you're not you're not you're not at ice level, eye level. So you're not getting the you're not capturing the speed of the game because oh, yeah. you're shooting from a distance, and that makes all the difference. They need to be able. To, I know they tried once before; it didn't work. They got to figure out a way to shoot that game from ice level so that you can get an appreciation as far as what's going on. Oh, absolutely. And then it would change everything. But that's my two cents. I'm only a fan. I'm not an expert in the sport. So. <laughs> oh, no, 100%. I, it, it, people just don't realize how great it is. And, you know, 
one thing I will also say about him, it's a respectful game. It, yeah. I mean, other than the the man we won't say names, most team most players are loyal <laughs> to their, you know, their fans. They're loyal to their team. You know, you don't you don't see a lot of these, you know, big free agent splashes and and fighting over people. It's, you know, they either come to a mutual agreement, this is what it's going to be, or they're traded at the trade deadline. And you have everyone standing. There's no kneeling. There's no sitting for the you know the anthems. And both countries, because you get Canada in there. You know you have Americans. They you know they take off their helmets. They do that. It, it's it's a very respectful for as and as tough as it is. You know you have guys that are out there killing each other. You know tough guys, legit tough guys that you know get punched in the face. Literally get punched in the face. But they stand. They're great with their fans. It's it really is the best sport. Yeah, like when the game's over, they salute the fans. They tap their sticks on the ice and they salute the fans at the end of the game. And when the series is over in the playoffs, they sit there, they line up, and they shake hands at the end of the, at the end of the series. Yeah, and you know, everyone does it. Everybody does it. Very, very respectful sport. Like you said, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a great sport that doesn't get the recognition that it deserves. And uh, I'm biased. That's uh, it. It's my favorite sport. They're my favorite team. I mean, I'm just by. I mean, growing up as a kid, I used to be able to go to the Rangers holiday Christmas party because one of my best friend's dad was a season ticket holder and my dad was an usher. So I used to be able to go to these parties and sit there with my autograph book and get John Rattel and Rick Hatfield and Steve Vickers and Ron Greshner and uh, Phil Esposito. I mean, all these guys' autographs back in the day, you know? So oh, yeah. I'm just, a, I'm just, I'm very biased when it comes to the, the sport of hockey, and I don't hide that bias at all. So. Oh no. But best of luck, best of luck to everybody. I, I hope, I hope, I hope. You know, you know. I think whoever wins will be a legitimate champion this year because they played most of a regular season and they had to go through a grueling playoffs. They didn't shorten the playoffs at all, and I think they're worthy. I just hope it's anybody but the Penguins. You know? Oh yeah, I, and the Capitals. We'll th- I'll throw them in there. Both them, yeah, Penguins yeah. and Capitals. As long as yeah, it's not them. Yeah. Yeah, either one of those guys, that's fine. You know, I mean, it'd be nice to see. It'd be nice to see the Rangers South win the cup. You know, Tampa as they call them, Rangers oh, yeah. South. All the ex-Rangers on the team. It's like that's like that's like that's like what are we? Their farm club? We keep shipping players down to them. Oh yeah, that's yeah. the way I felt about the Steelers and the Arizona Cardinals. It was like once the Steelers were done with you, they all went to the Cardinals. It was like the exact <laughs> same thing. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's kind of interesting. So anyway. But, that's my take on hockey so oh absolutely and I, I think we should leave that on a on a high note because it is the best sport out there so yep. if you you would like to plug any of your uh social media or the magazine itself well just follow candy magazine on instagram it's and it's candy magazine again that's with a k um we're on twitter candy underscore magazine um so there's no it's candy underscore magazine and on, and on facebook it's candy mag uh, there's a Candy Magazine, but that's our merch site, and we haven't done anything with that yet. But Candy Mag on, on Facebook, and uh, that's where you can follow the girls. And uh, I think we took a sabbatical with the COVID, with the social media for those stuff. Uh, just you know, but I think we're picking that back up in July with more current postings and up-to-date postings and things like that. So uh, you don't want to follow me. I, I just post pictures of my dog. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, not, I'm not somebody you want to follow. But follow the magazine, Candy Mag on Facebook, Candy Magazine on Instagram, and Candy underscore magazine on Twitter. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm a little biased here, but I'm going to say follow Irina and Nikki, too, because, you know, we both have a connection with them, and they're a lovely lady, so. 
mean, you follow all the candy girls. Just go go to the, go to the uh, go to the candy page and uh, on Instagram and just see who we're following and go follow all our models. I'm sure most of you guys already do. Absolutely. Um, and just one last thing is uh, download the app from the Apple App Store or the Amazon App Store. All you gotta do is type in Candy Magazine, and it'll show up. Download it there. Take a screenshot of the download as far as opening up the app and send it to uh, Candy at Candy Mag. That's K-A-N-D-Y at CandyMag.com. And for everybody who does that in the next 30 days, we'll give you a free month subscription. Look at that. Can't go wrong with that, guys. So make sure you're doing that. And again, our uh, you know our thanks to you, Ron. And we had a great time doing this. We appreciate it. And for everyone out there, make sure that you're, uh, you're downloading this. Yeah, appreciate it, and, uh, you know, let's see if I can get one or two more candy girls to come, come on your show in the future for you. Perfect. I appreciate that. Any any uh, networking we could do, uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> you got it, buddy. And right. it, Have a good night. Have a good night. Thank you. Yep, bye. Hanging around downtown by myself, and I've had too much caffeine, and I was thinking about myself, and then there she was. In platform double suede, yeah, there she was Like disco lemonade I smell sex and candy